if you just count on interest rates going up by one to one and a half points, you're probably uh, pretty safe. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I am your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always on these Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. It's a beautiful January day. It's a beautiful day. Definitely a beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the new year has just started. So, you know, it's uh, the new year, at least for me, for multifamily and for what I do for, for senior housing, multifamily, just, just business in general is always an exciting time, but it's also an interesting time because it's a little bit slow. And so you want to get started off on the right foot. You want to be rocking it, but a lot of people aren't uh, are back to work. They're taking a couple extra days off. It seems like um, we never are are getting deals done right at the beginning of the year. Um, there's this kind of little lull, especially multifamily. You've got the national multi uh, housing conference that a lot of brokers are putting deals out at that time. So that's, that's the end of January, not the beginning of January. And so it's like, Oh, where are the deals? I want to, I want to buy a deal today, but you're not putting your, Oh, we're going to hold it. And we're going to wait and announce it at the, at the conference. It's like, no, I want it now. So, um, but great time to kind of really be prepping and, um, looking at your business or what's going on and what worked and what didn't and how, how can we move forward. And we're actually taking this time right now to connect with brokers, to connect with investors, um, this little slow time to try to make sure we're, we're building those relationships the way we should be. Exactly. And we've talked about this in depth a couple of episodes ago about, uh, you know, starting your year off right with uh, having those strong connections, uh, getting all your goals set and, and uh, uh, off to a good start. Yeah. So along with the good year, what are we talking about today? I think that kind of fits right in there. Oh, exactly. I mean, we're going to be talking about what to expect in real estate throughout 2022. And I yeah. want to pre preface that with, you know, we don't have crystal balls and yeah. and anything we say is not like official financial advice. It's more of our perception. <laughs> it's not financial advice at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, the only thing I can guarantee you today is what we say will be wrong right? It won't be exactly how we say it. I can tell you that for sure. But just with what we're looking at, we're kind of giving our analysis of where we think things are going, what we're excited for, what we're maybe keeping an eye out for. Um, and, and so, and maybe that'll help you along 2022 and deciding where you're going. I think first and foremost, for me, uh, we're looking at growth. We're looking at continuing to grow our company and we're not going to allow things that are out of our control to stop us. And we're not going to allow fear, fear of the unknown to stop us. I look back and I look at a time in, in like 2017, 2018, where I was not, and I don't want to say I'm being aggressive now, but I was not aggressive. I was assuming you'd hear everybody say the economy is going to crash and all this kind of stuff. And it's ready to crash, blah, blah, blah. And so I, Honestly, when I look back and I, I take an honest kind of just, just look at what I did, I was much more conservative than I should have been. Of course, that's easy in hindsight, but it was, it was not 
that I'm going to be aggressive now. It's not that I'm going to totally change how I underwrite, but I was fearful. That's what it was. And it wasn't that I was just being conservative is that I was being afraid of the economy and what could happen. And I think that's really important. It's really easy to get caught up in it. Uh, I think that's important for people to understand, like, let, let's look at the fundamentals of what's going on, but let's really focus more on what we're buying our business plan and understand the team in place, the people in place and know that we can achieve that. And whatever happens with the economy, again, we really can't predict it. Uh, if there's massive red flags, maybe a little bit, but um, you know, we, we can't really predict exactly what's going to come down the line. And quite frankly, it's really hard to predict that much. So there's, there's so many things, Matt, that you and I can say today, and it's because it's with the knowledge of what we have today, right? So you and I can sit here and talk, and like I said, it will be wrong. We will be wrong because something will happen that'll change what we say, right? And, and it's something that we can't predict right now. If all of a sudden we're, get, we're having high inflation, Matt, we're having inflation in the you know, four to six plus percent. Um, six plus, uh, I think what was it last uh, month was like 6.8 or, or the last month recorded was like 6.8. It's crazy, right? If that continues, all right, that's easy for me to predict what's going to happen. Well, I shouldn't say easy. There's still a lot of things unknown, but what happens if inflation goes to 10%? What happens if inflation goes to 15%? What happens if inflation goes to 0%? There's so many different things and things out of my control that I don't really know. So I, I'm armed with the data that I have right now, armed with, you know, some of the things we'll talk about, but beyond that, it's, it's, it's still out of our control. Oh, exactly. I mean, if we would, uh, like two years ago at the beginning of 2020, if we had tried to project what was going to happen in 2020, like, we would definitely have been very wrong. You know, just yeah. th things happen. Um, but yeah, you know, think about the pandemic, I mean, hit, and we all had these predictions. So many people had these predictions of what was going to happen. And look back at your prediction, if you had one at that point in time, and it was probably 100% wrong right? And that's just how it goes. We all think we know so much, but so many little things happen to change the course and it all snowballs together. Yep. So hope for the best, but uh, plan for the worst, just in case it does happen. Yeah. And, and just, just understand that you, you should just keep your eye on it and, and go with what's, what's happening. So mm -hmm. what's, what's happening right now in 2022 and what do we think 2022 is going to look like? I'll talk about a couple things that are uh, affecting me right now. And, and that's one labor and two supply. Okay. So labor, first off, I don't see how we're going to uh, get out of this labor shortage completely, but I also see that it's going to start improving. Um, now what could affect that if the government comes up with another stimulus uh, if there's more incentives for people essentially not to work uh, and to still get paid, certainly that would disrupt it. But, you know, people need to have jobs. And I think that the labor force will free up a bit. Now, where I think it'll still struggle is in certain industries. I think you really, as an employer, need to be looking at what you're offering your employees. And that's just not 
just money. Money is one of them. People are going to have to start to pay more. But the other thing is, what are you actually offering that's going to make them feel like they want to be there? That's going to make them feel like they belong there. It's going to make them feel like your company is doing something that that actually makes a difference, right? I, there, there's a lot of people, myself included, want to be part of something bigger, right? Want to be part of something more than just going to a job, punching a clock and getting paid. I would have no desire, Matt, if I was making a bunch of money in this business, but not doing good things. Like if it, it, that would just bore me and it wouldn't motivate me. So therefore I probably wouldn't continue to do it. And how do we expect the people that work from us then just to punch a clock without having something that satisfies them outside of the monetary value that they get from punching that clock. I agree. I mean, paying people well is important, but it's not the reason people stay at a job for long-term. It's if they feel appreciated, if they feel like they're growing and learning and, and going somewhere. And like you said, if they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Yep. If you're paying market or close to market rate and you have an employee problem, it's likely because you don't have something more to offer, right? That That's the case. So you got to look within, how are we doing business and how can we attract people to our business? What's our mission? How does that really speak to people? What are our values? How does that speak to people? How are we leading? How are we showing up? So that's big for me, especially now that we're buying assisted living. We have a lot more staff. We're really looking at how can we improve our staff life? How can we lead them properly, provide good, valuable leadership and training. They don't, if, if they just show up at the job and punch a clock and, and they don't have real direction, they don't really understand what's going on and why they're there. They're, they're not going to stay very long. And, and then, you know, are we providing, are we being aware of and uh, providing mental health? You know, are we being aware of their mental health and how much we're pushing them and how much we're supporting them. And are we providing good uh, mental health, I guess, um, value to them, right? So again, that comes down to the leadership, that comes down to the training you're providing, that comes down to how you're communicating with them, uh, that comes down to your mission, your values, all that kind of stuff. Are, are we doing a good job in providing a great work experience? So we're really looking at that in especially our senior housing, but even our multifamily, we don't want to hire people that don't care about the residents. We want to hire people that really care about serving the residents because that's what we care about. And so we want to hire them and they're going to stick around and they're going to love their job because they're getting the results they want. I agree. And the other thing you mentioned was supply. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, look, right now, supply chain is is just completely out of whack. Um, we've got stuff still stuck in the ocean. We've got just, just all kinds of things going on that are, that are slowing down supply. Um, and and then part of that's the labor shortage, right? If you don't have people working, it's hard to produce goods and services, right? So, uh, so that's part of it. So as, as the labor force kind of frees up, which again, I don't think it's going away in 2022, but I certainly feel like it's going to improve. Uh, then the supply chain is going to improve. And 
so so here's what I think in 2022. I was 2020 and 2021, especially the early parts of 2021, had major disruptions. We all know about the uh, lumber prices and how they just shot completely through the roof. Uh, we're dealing right now with cabinet issues. We're dealing right now with appliance issues. We're dealing with, with all kinds of still supply issues. Uh, lumber prices are still higher. They've gone down a lot, but um, so we're dealing with a lot of those issues with our remodels, but we think those will continue to shake out <clears throat> as they've done through 2021. We think 2022 and those will continue to shake out. And for the most part, by the end of 2022, uh, I, I think that supply chain will not have the disruption factor. We won't be calling it a supply chain disruption. There might be isolated events. There might be um, some industries that are affected still a little bit more than others. But I think by the end of 2022 and even through the middle of 2022, we're going to see a, a vast amount of improvement. Uh, in the supply chain issues. And I would say a combination of the supply chain and the labor issues, it's slowing down new construction. So like new stock coming onto the market. So there's still a demand for pre-existing right. stock. Yeah. So when we look at, you know, how that's affecting multifamily, how that's affecting single family and housing in general, is you're getting less building than what the demand is, which has been happening now, Matt, for a long time. I mean, we had in, in 2006, we have an oversupply. And since 2006, we have not supplied nearly enough units. When you look at the drop from 2006 to 2010, it was dropped. It dropped like a freaking rock and we had zero supply. And, and now we're trying to make up for that lost supply. So we're, we're still off and now we've got these disruptions we, we were finally getting to where we needed to be as far as production we are still below the supply needed but we were getting to where we needed to be with production and then and then COVID happened and we all know then we got labor and supply issues and so so yeah now uh, we've got a big demand issue again in housing. And so what's that going to do to housing? In my opinion, it's going to continue to drive the prices up as we've got higher demand and supply. And that'll be both in multifamily uh, rentals and, and as well as in uh, single families. It's going to um, also continue to create uh, issues in the senior housing industry. It's going to continue, continue to create um, issues in industrial uh, some industries are quite frankly going to be benefited or are benefiting by this offices. It's great that less building has been happening in offices in retail in self storage. Um, so those industries, uh, especially the first two that I talked about, those industries were being overbuilt and we quite frankly, we need to take supply off the market, uh, which will eventually happen. Uh, or likely happen. Um, and then self-storage, like I mentioned, is was certainly overinflated in many markets. Some markets, uh, there's still a lot of high demand and, and need for building, but many markets, it was uh, very much overbuilt uh, just because of the exuberance of that self-storage industry. Yeah. And I'm expecting, like, I want to talk a little bit about interest rates. I, I think uh, interest rates will probably increase a little bit over the course of the year. The feds are planning on, on doing incremental yeah. small increases. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, there's already plans for that, but we'll see. Plans can shift. 
If yep. inflation continues to take off and grow, every every single month we see inflation, we see that go up. We, we haven't seen it go down. We haven't seen it stabilize yet. So if that continues to grow, if we're all of a sudden at seven and then eight and then nine, I see interest rates going up a lot quicker than what they planned. But if we see inflation, you know, look in Europe right now, we're already seeing inflation. It's still high, but it's decreasing as far as the amount that it's going up. So if we follow Europe and what's happening there, well, all of, now we go from 6.8 to 5.4 to 4.9 and, and that starts going down. Well, then maybe they're not going to quite raise interest rates up as much as they had already planned. But I think relatively, if you just count on interest rates going up by one to one and a half points, you're probably uh, pretty safe in 2022. And the nice thing is, look, we don't have to, we don't care what's happening um, at, uh, unless I guess you're, you're planning on a refinance event, which I think that's poor planning anyways. But if you're buying a property, you got one under contract in end of January, you know, you're closing in about 90 days. And so you're relatively safe uh, on your interest rates, maybe give it a little bit of a boost and, and you'll be okay. They talk with the lender, hey, what's this going to happen? And, and you'll be fine. But I think for the most part, interest rates, again, will stay fairly stable, but will we'll rise uh, slightly. So I, I don't feel like that's going to make a massive impact on the uh, real estate industry. I agree. And even if they raise a little bit, it's still going to be ridiculously low. I mean, you look at history and you're like, you're like, this is cheap money. So cheap. I mean, Matt, look, if, if you would have told me back in 2018, 2017, that interest rates were going to be hovering below 3%, I would laugh. Like there's no freaking way that's going to happen. Interest rates are going to go up. There's only one way to go and that's up. Well, they've gone down. I mean, and it's like, so yeah, so what if we get back to 2017 levels? Like that's still cheap. We thought that was crazy cheap back in 2017. We thought 2015 was crazy cheap. And, and now we're sitting here panicking because it's going to go up a little bit. I don't think that'll affect cap rates. I don't think it'll affect demand. I think demand is going to stay high. And I think cap rates are going to stay relatively, uh, you know, modest where they are. I mean, the, they're crazy low right now. I think they're going to stay crazy low. Yeah. And speaking of demand, I, I expect that to continue to raise, but not at the speeds that we saw throughout oh, 2021. Yeah. Good, good, good point. Yeah. I, I agree. I would wholeheartedly agree with you, especially as the labor and supply issues kind of phase out a little bit. Um, and, and people, you know, builders are already starting to build, uh, and I, they never stopped, but they're, they're building more and more. And so, yeah, I agree with you. It, we're going to see continued increase, but we're not going to see this massive rocket launch takeoff that we've seen. Here's what some people forget though, Matt, is COVID came and it basically shut the economy down. Well, we shut the economy down due to COVID, but interest rates, all that kind of stuff, everything went down, right? The economy went down. Um, prices went down. Like things went down. Rents went down. Vacancy rates went up, right? So it actually, when you look at the curve at where things were going, when we have a down, it takes more 
rocket fuel to get back up to where the curve used to be and, and how it was going. And so when we look again, like look back at 2000, look back at the early 2000s at the rocket launch of where the market was, and then look at how it went down. And, but we always just go, Oh, from the down point to the top point, it's been crazy. Well, we forget to go from the top to the top and go, Oh, we're actually at a pretty steady level. And that's what's happening now. Now we've probably in, exceeded that. And I should probably look at graphs before I spout too much off, but what we've seen is a decrease and then an increase faster than normal, which has got us back up maybe slightly higher than where we were before. And I think, yeah, prices will will continue to grow a little bit. Every market, like you said, is a little bit different and every sub-market as well. So well, some places yeah, are going to see a decrease, maybe like an adjustment, uh, yeah. but some places are still going to see high price increases. Uh, it, but overall, it'll it'll increase slightly, I think. Yeah, and, and everything I said, right, it, it, it does. It depends on the market you're in, right? If you're looking at a market like Boise, Idaho, where rents went up by 26%, like, holy crap, like that, that's amazing. But if you look at a you know, your more traditional markets or, or your typical markets, rent didn't go up by that amount. And when you look at, well, they actually decreased for a, a year uh, in most markets. And you, then you look at, oh, I guess over the last two years, they didn't go up by 10% each year. They went up by 5% on average each year. They went up, you know, maybe negative two, and then they went up positive 12. And so, oh yeah, they, they, if we average that out, it's only 5%. Now, maybe that's higher than normal, but it's not as crazy as what we think when we're looking at it. And there's some markets that still are are below uh, where they were at the start of the pandemic. Um, so, you know, every, every market's a little different. One of the things I think uh, is interesting too is is when we look at our GDP, uh, we're we're uh, below when, again, when we talk about that kind of that curve, right? The path, the path of progress and where the GDP and how the, the path of the GDP was raising, we're actually uh, below where we would have projected pre-pandemic. So if we were projecting where our GDP was pre-pandemic uh, and, and say, hey, in 2022, this is where we'll be, we're actually below that level. And I think that will, will probably catch back up to that. So I think we'll be, basically where um, our GDP was supposed to be uh, by the end of 2022, I think, I think we'll be, you know, caught up nicely, which um, again, people are going to say, well, it's raising too quickly, but no, we're just catching up. I think the bottom line in all this is you really got to know your, your market and your submarket really well uh, to see where things have been in the past year. And, and that gives you a good indicator of where things are going to be over the next year. Uh, but uh, you still have to underwrite conservatively and, and be prepared just in case things do take a downturn or you're still going to be able to uh, hold on to the, the property. Because like with any real estate, if you can hold on to it for long enough, eventually you're going to make money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you buy right, you buy in the right neighborhood, the right market, uh, you're, you're doing fine. And, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. There's, there's experts out there that say that inflation is going to skyrocket. There's also experts out there that say we're going to have deflation. There's also 
experts that say we'll have a gradual slowing of inflation. So there's experts telling you everything. And I'm not an economist. I don't pretend to be one. I don't want to play one on TV. Um, so, you know, you have to come up with your own research. But I, I, I think in my opinion, I think we're going to be just fine. I think we're going to be, I agree with the slowing of inflation. Um, I still think we're going to have inflation higher than what we would like just because we gave so many trillions of dollars away. <laughs> um, but I, I think um, things will start to ease, I guess, uh, as, as we go here. And it's still going to be a great time to buy real estate as long as you're buying right. Yeah, buy for cash flow, right? Buy with good financing, long-term financing. If the numbers work, good cash flow, good long-term financing, good sub-market, um, growing population, that kind of stuff. I think you'll be fine. Look at where the trends are. Look at where people are moving. Look at what people want in life. And, and that's what you got to go after. Cool. Matt, anything else on 2022 economy, what you're looking forward to, what you're, what you're watching out for, anything like that? I mean, I'm still looking at multifamily and um, I'm excited for more assisted living opportunities as well. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. I think, um, you know, assisted living, I'm excited for that because I still think um, the industry has been hit pretty hard and uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there. There's a lot of owners that have been hanging on and I, I feel like there's going to be opportunity that'll, that'll be hitting us as well with the assisted living and just looking at the long-term outlook. Uh, I don't see an industry that's, that's stronger. I'd say uh, industrial also looks uh, pretty strong as well. In industrial does look very strong. Uh, the one thing to look out for is industrial is a pretty cheap uh, product to build. And uh, so you want to make sure you're buying industrial in areas where it's difficult to get permits to build, where the municipalities are limiting how much uh, industrial real estate can be built, limiting the areas and not just allowing it kind of wherever. And so that, that's something certainly to look at is, um, you know, last mile, well-located, but what's going on within the cities uh, that you're buying and how much building is happening and how easy is it for you to build? So, but yeah, I generally agree. Industrial is a, is a strong asset. And I would cer certainly encourage people to look at industrial flex type space uh, warehouse space, that, that type of stuff. Very good. Awesome, Matt. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. 
and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.